We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. I am so honoured to share tonight and I'm going to be sharing on a topic called Thirsty Hearts. And this is something God has been speaking to me about recently and I really believe he wanted me to share this with you tonight. So I'm believing he's going to do something in and through this, uh, whatever I speak tonight. Amen? He's going to do something awesome. Hey, um, let's read from John 4, verse 7 to 15. I think it's coming up soon. All right, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan, it's come, I'll just say it. All right, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Again, a lot of S's in this. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would not have asked him and he would have, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have done nothing, you've, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did all of his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not get thirsty and that I don't have to keep coming here to draw water. Let's pray, hey? Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are here tonight. And I thank you, Jesus, that there are thirsty hearts here tonight, thirsty people here tonight, and you are ready to fill them up. Lord, you're ready to satisfy. Lord, I thank you. You're going to do something great in people tonight. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak through me. And Lord, I pray that you speak to every one of our hearts. In Jesus' name, we pray that people who don't know you are going to experience you. They're going to know your love. They're going to know your hope. They're going to be changed by all that you are tonight. In Jesus' name, anyone believing for God to do something awesome in them tonight. Anyone believing? Amen. Amen. You know, over the last few months, I've seen the world is thirsty. Yeah? People are thirsty. Um, and I'm not talking about our body and our mouths. I'm talking about our hearts are thirsty. And thirst can drive us to do pretty crazy things just to get a moment of relief. Yeah? Has anyone seen the um, man, 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 the Man vs. Wild series with Bear Grylls where he pretty much gets dropped in the middle of nowhere and he has to survive? And the first thing he does is go in search for water. You know, apart from air, water is the most essential element that we need to survive, yeah? So he goes and he does the craziest things. Like in one episode, he gives himself an enema to rehydrate himself. It's revolting. In another um, episode, he drinks his own wee, like he empties his water, like he drinks his water and then he fills his water up with wee, like he pees in his bottle and then he, he drinks that just to be rehydrated. Like he does crazy things, you know, and um, when your body gets dehydrated, you know, it, it doesn't function the way that it's meant to. Um, when your body gets dehydrated, you know, you get sick you get headaches, you know, you can't see, think straight and um, your immunity is compromised. 
So you are vulnerable to attack, to, to viruses. And it seems it's the same with a, with a thirsty heart. You know, a thirsty heart starts to get tired. It doesn't function the way it should. It aches and it becomes vulnerable to attack. You know, do you know symptoms of a thirsty heart are things like loneliness, anxiety, stress, depression, fear, um, uh, perfectionism, trying to control people, trying to inflict pain on people, trying to inflict pain on yourself. These are all symptoms of a thirsty heart. You know, and the list could go on, but you can, you know, none of these symptoms produce good behaviour, yeah? In fact, actually, a lot of these symptoms produce behaviour that's pretty dangerous. And, um, you know, a lot of mankind's brokenness, a lot of the stuff and the mess that's wrong with our world comes from a thirsty heart in its people. You know, and like Bear Grylls, like he did crazy things to try and satisfy that thirst, we do crazy things to try and satisfy our thirst in our heart. I, I don't know, that I can't even tell you the things that I did pre-Jesus to try and satisfy my heart because they are definitely not appropriate to share on this stage. But when we start seeing people, um, you know, not as horrible and not as bad and not as mean or evil, when we start seeing people as thirsty, you know, it changes how we are able to respond to them. When we see them as mean and horrible and bad, then we're like, <gasps> we step back and we judge and we, you know, we condemn. But when we see people as thirsty, then we're able to go, oh, and lean in and actually, you know, bring them some water and bring them some help. You know, most of us, when we see someone who's desperate for water, we'll do what we can to give them a drink, yeah? And so when we see people who are showing signs of a thirsty heart, you know, let's lean in. Let's, rather than step back, let's lean in and go, okay, what can I do to to bring Jesus to this person? You know, the enemy has um, put such a spirit of confusion over our world right now, hey? You know, we're looking for crazy, like we're looking in crazy places to be satisfied in our hearts. He's deceived us. He's set up so many mirages and so many, um, is that the word mirage? Mirage? That sounds weird. Mirages and like illusions, you know, telling people this is where, you know, like this is how you're going to be satisfied, but none of them work. And can I tell you, um, the thirsty heart, what the thirsty heart cannot be satisfied, I've got a list, there's more, but what the thirsty heart cannot be satisfied by. The thirsty heart cannot be satisfied by money. It cannot be satisfied by partying or by what we have, the car, the house, the lifestyle. The thirsty heart cannot be satisfied by travel or experiencing everything that the world has for us. The thirsty heart cannot be satisfied by a substance, a drug or a drink. It cannot be satisfied by being better than or having more than people. It cannot be satisfied by by being perfect or by sex or by people. It cannot be satisfied by popularity or influence or fame. It cannot be satisfied by knowledge or intellect, by what we do or how good we are at it. The thirsty heart doesn't know what it wants, so it can't be satisfied by following itself. You know, people say, go follow your heart. The Bible says, don't follow your heart, guard your heart, because out of it flows all the issues of life. You know, have you ever been looking for something, but you've been looking in the wrong place? You know, when you're looking for your sunnies and they're on your head, or you're looking for your keys and they're in your hands, like so many times. I think I've told you the story of when I was like, I went to the shops 
and I came back to the car and I had like I could not find my keys anywhere and I literally was had all of the contents of my bag all over the car park floor because I couldn't find my keys and after like 15 minutes of searching I'm like hearing the engine going and I'm like oh the car keys had been in the engine of the car the whole time I'd been in the shops and the engine was still running <laughs> it took me a while to share that one with you hey I think it was about three weeks since so. I, anyway, you know, we try and fill our heart doing all these things that the world says, you know, is going to satisfy us, but they don't work. You know, that's not where we find water for our hearts. I want to encourage you, let's not follow the map of the world that the enemy has given us, the map of the world, the map that the enemy has given us. Don't be looking for water in the mirage, because often when you're looking for water in the mirage, you're looking, trying to satisfy your heart in all these different places, you end up on a wild goose chase, and then you end up more desperate for water than when you first started. It's like drinking coffee when you are thirsty, or Coke when you're thirsty, and those things don't rehydrate us, they dehydrate us. I, um, I have, actually, it's making me need a water. I shouldn't have spoken about this. Um, I have, we have, like Pastor Jared said, hang on. We have four kids. And I cannot tell you how many times when I've been so thirsty and I've gone and I've just grabbed the closest bottle or the only water bottle and I've taken a big drink from it without checking it. You know, I should have learned. And yeah, any parent in here hopefully will know this. Maybe not. But I've taken this massive drink and then when I've, it's too late and there's like, I realise I've eaten like the whole donut that I thought Chase had eaten like five, like half an hour ago and there's this donut that's been mashed up and chewed and put back in the bottle. You know, and, and then there's times when like I'm so thirsty that I am like, I have to weigh up. The only bottle I've got is one that Chase has drunk from Am I that thirsty that I'm actually going to go for it and drink everything in it, like including all the bits he's left, or am I okay to leave it? Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I actually drink it. We do crazy things when we're thirsty. Um, a couple of years ago, we went camping with B and George, and George and Ross had something on at church that they had to stay for. So B and I were like, let's go. We'll go early and we'll set it all up. We went the day early. We did a great do- job of setting up the campsite. We were drinking the water from the campsite at Lowbrook Dam, if anyone else has been there. The boys came down a day later. We'd been drinking this water for 24 hours. And um, the boys came down and um, they were like, great job, well done. Then I, they saw me, I think Ross saw me filling up my bottle from the water tap and then drink it. And at this point, I was like early, early pregnant with Chase, like five weeks pregnant with Chase. And I'm drinking this water. And Ross is like, babe, what are you doing? Like the the sign says, don't drink the water. It's not safe. And I looked in my bottle and there's like larvae and wiggly things like in my water that we'd been drinking for the last 24 hours. We prayed so hard over me, over Chase, over the kids and B. But um, bad water can make us sick, yeah? unless you're in Jesus. Jesus protects and covers. You know, some of us have had it in our head that because you've done bad things, you're a bad person. But I want to tell you, you are not a bad person. You're a thirsty person. And we just need to know where to look for the water. In verse 14, praise God, hey. In verse 14, it said, Jesus said, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. You know, it's only when we drink the water that Jesus gives us that our hearts will be satisfied. Because he is the only one that can refresh, that can restore, that can wash, and that can satisfy and rehydrate our hearts. And can I tell you the cause of our thirsty heart is sin. 
You know, sin is when we try and do life our own way, when we try and do it without Jesus. And it's not something that only people who don't know Jesus struggle with. Um, You know, those of us who've walked with Jesus for years, well, I've actually nearly been saved 17 years soon. Praise Jesus. I'm very thankful. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday because if I hadn't have met Jesus, I would have probably been on to my third or fourth marriage. And I'm so thankful that Jesus has, um, yeah, praise God. That wasn't, but praise God because, yeah, I wasn't actually thankful for him for keeping me. All right. I'm lost now. Yeah, so even those of us who walk with Jesus, we struggle with sin. And I want it symptoms of thirst in people who are believers, maybe, you know, when we've lost our joy, when we've lost our peace, when we've lost our excitement for life. You know, symptoms of thirst and sin in believers may be that you've lost your confidence to pray or your prayers have been, are not been answered. It may be that you've become fearful or um, our time reading the Bible has kind of become a bit dry and a bit stagnant and we feel a bit distant from God. I know for me, a symptom of, of thirst and of sin is when I find myself just aimlessly scrolling through Facebook or Instagram. You know, you just kind of, and I feel, sometimes I hear the Holy Spirit kind of say to me, Amber, what are you doing? Like, what you're looking for is not there. Come to me. And I'm getting better at stopping, and I'm getting better at either opening up my Bible app or going to the Bible and actually spending a moment with Jesus and being refreshed by Him. But if you're struggling with any one of those things, there may be a bit of sin going on, and it's causing you to get a little bit thirsty. But here's the thing. God knew that we were always going to struggle with sin. For as long as we're on this earth, we are going to struggle with sin. And so he made provision for it. And it's called grace. God gave us his son, Jesus, to die on the cross and pay for our sin. And all of the sin that we've ever done and all of the sin that we're ever going to do, he's paid for it. And because of him, he's forgiven us. Psalm 65 verse 3 says, Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. And how do we access this forgiveness and this grace that he gives? It's called confession. 1 John verse 1, chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and willing to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And I just want to read on about the women from the well. In John uh, chapter 4 verse 16, it says, He told her, go and call your husband and come back. She said, I have no husband. And he said, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And then we're going to jump down to verse uh, 25. The woman woman said to him, I know that, that that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. You know, Jesus asked her about her husband, even though he knew she wasn't living with her husband. And I always kind of question, why did he do that? Like, why does he call her out like that? It seemed a little bit, oh, really? And I found the answer. Well, I found, I'm sure there's other reasons, but I found this, like, this, yeah, found an answer. Uh, In Psalm 66, just stay with me. Psalm 66, verse uh, 17 to 20. And he says, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. And the Passion Translation says, yet if I had closed my eyes to my sin, the Lord God would have closed his ears to my prayer. 
In another version, it says, if I had not confessed my sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. And God was talking to me about this and it was telling me how, um, you know, we need to be willing to look at our sin. We need to be willing to confess our sin so that then God can restore us. You know, the woman at the well was thirsty. Look at her lifestyle. She had five husbands and now she was living with a boyfriend. Her heart was thirsty and she was trying to find fulfilment in relationship. Jesus wasn't exposing her. He wasn't exposing her out. They were the only two here. But um, what Jesus, you know, I love that Jesus knows everything about our life, about our sin, but He covers our sin. But in order for Jesus to heal us, in order for Jesus to answer our heart's cries, we need to be willing to look at our sin in order to see our need for Him. Yeah, we need to be willing to look at our mess in order to see our need for help. You know, how many times do I cry out to God, God, help me with this, God, help me with that. And I get frustrated because He's not helping me. And I sometimes feel Him kind of just say to me, hang on a second, I just wanna first help you with your thirsty heart. Just have a look at what's happening over here. And I, like He kind of highlights something that I've struggled with and something that I've tried to like push to the side and I've not wanted to deal with it. I've not wanted to confront it. And God so graciously tells me, you need to look at this so that you can give it to me and so that I can heal you and take it away and I can give you something so much better. And this is the thing that we need to remember when we sin and when we do something wrong. You know, don't try and hide it. Don't try and run from Jesus. Don't try and run to the wilderness or run to the ways of the world to try and deal with it. There's nothing good for you there. I've been a Christian for 17 years and nearly, and I make mistakes, I sin often. And here's the thing, when I bring my sin to Jesus straight away, He's really quick to heal me. But when I don't wanna look at my sin and I try and hide it from Jesus, I become dry and I become thirsty. And it's like the water stops flowing. And I've learned, you know, Jesus says, you know, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And He's talking about the Holy Spirit, yeah? And the Holy Spirit is the one that God gives us to help us. And He's the one that's continually filling us up with, you know, pouring out God's life and His power on us, into us. And He's like a tap, you know, where the water is constantly running. But when we sin and when we try and hide it from God, um, sin blocks that water, yeah? Sin blocks the tap so that the Holy Spirit can't pour it out over our lives. And when we see our sin and we look at it and we humble ourselves to bring our sin to God, God heals us, removes the sin, and so that His life and His power and that water can flow through us again. You know, sometimes I say things that I shouldn't say. I do things I shouldn't do. You know, I don't listen to the Holy Spirit when He prompts me to do something. And then I beat myself up and I get angry with myself and I'm thinking, you know, I should do better than this and I should, you know, I should know better. So I pull back from God. And then I start to get ashamed and I start to, you know, beat myself up. But that's not from Jesus. Romans 8.1 says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Shame causes us to hide our face and it causes us to hide our sin. You know, and the devil loves that because he knows that when we try and hide our sin from Jesus, we'll stay stuck in that sin. You know, so don't make, let, let, don't let one mistake or one poor decision um, cause you to get stuck in sin and get dehydrated. You know, I love all it takes whenever I bring myself back to Jesus and I'm honest with Jesus. It just takes one moment with Him to just, one moment of honesty, one moment of realness, one moment of confession and Jesus is there. Like He is right there loving on me, restoring me, healing me. 
one moment. You know, we don't have to have it all together. Jesus did that for us. We just need to trust Him. I wanna encourage you tonight, don't be afraid of your sin. Look at it and surrender it to Jesus. But you know what, I find it easy. I find it easy to surrender my sin to Jesus when I remember who Jesus is. And I wanna read the Scripture that I read the other week that just got me. Um, Psalm 62, verse five to eight. My soul waits silently for God alone. My expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defence. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength. And my refuge is in God. Trust in Him all, all, at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. I just wanna read it in the Passion Translation. Okay. I am standing. This is the God that we bring our sin to. He is not a judging and, and angry and a, like he's, he, this, is, this is Him, okay? I am standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for Him to rescue me. Only God is my Saviour and He will not fail me, for He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me as my champion defender. There is no risk of failure with God, so why would I let worry paralyse me, even when troubles multiply around me? God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my Saviour, my hero, and my life-giving strength. Join me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Tell Him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to Him. Believe me when I tell you, He will help you. That is the God that we surrender our stuff to. That is the God that we can trust our mess with. He is a good and gracious God. Can we stand? Let's just worship. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.